0: I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation.
1: I've loved gymnastics since I was a little kid. I grew up watching this movie about Nadia Komenich. It was a made-for-TV movie that my dad recorded on VHS, and I watched it over and over until the tape decayed. I wasn't ever really a gymnast myself. I, I took a couple classes at the Parks and Rec in my hometown. But I've always been an athlete, and Olympic gymnasts seemed like the pinnacle of athletes, at least for me as a, a young girl growing up. Gymnasts were sort of the, the whole package of athletes, mentally tough, incredibly strong, flexible, powerful, disciplined, entertaining, beautiful risk takers. I guess sort of everything that I aspired to be. So I've watched with some interest this past week as we've seen Simone Biles withdraw from the Olympics. And of course, lots of people have lots of things to say because as a public figure, she's no longer an individual. She belongs to the collective psyche. She belongs to all of us, so we think. As a collective, we seem to believe that Simone belongs to us, that she owes us more gold medals, more dramatic, incredible performances. And it's absolutely fascinating to watch this young woman push back and say, no, I don't belong to you. You don't have the right to expect anything from me. And I'm not competing this time because it's not good for my mind and it's not good for my body. For me, at least in my opinion, that doesn't make her any less of an athlete. It makes her really an extraordinary human, strong in ways that many of us have never had to be and don't even know how to be. As entrepreneurs who do anything in public, whether it's writing, posting a podcast, selling a product, selling your ideas, we cease to be, in the mind of the collective, individuals. We are part of the zeitgeist, part of the public conversation that anyone has access to or ownership of. And as such, we are extraordinarily vulnerable to the collective, and by collective, I mean like the general population or the group of our customers, anyone who's kind of watching us do things in public, do things in the open. The Collective has all kinds of projections of expectations and beliefs and feelings and opinions that they put onto us as public people. The expectation to perform, the expectation to meet their needs, to impress them, to be successful no matter what. And often what the Collective wants for us aligns with what we want for ourselves, like in Simone Biles' case. She wanted to be a champion. She wanted to be the best gymnast that ever was. And the rest of us were right along in wanting that for her. So there was alignment between her desires and the desire of the public for her. And that's often true, of course, of entrepreneurs. We want to be successful. We want to grow our company, our business, our ideas, our product. And our customers want that for us too. Customers, investors, consumers of our information or our product look good when they pick a winner look good when they pick someone who has an idea or product or an ability that is successful. So the projected expectations from the community around us can easily seep in and begin to meld with our own desires and expectations for ourselves. Meaning to some extent, we can no longer tell the difference between what our Twitter followers want for us and what we want for us. And that of course can become very dangerous because part of the core of who we are is now defined by an external force, a collective or the court of public opinion. And the success that others want for us is not always good for us. And sometimes it gets away from us. We can no longer tell the difference between our inner compass, our own inner voice and the blaring expectations of those around us. Other people want us to grow. Other people want us to take investment. Other people want us to hire, hire, hire. And it becomes really hard for us to dial down and hear our own voice over and above the projections of the collective. The other place where this becomes really tricky is in this situation like with Simone Biles, when it becomes incredibly clear to us as individuals that we want something or need something different than the collective wants and needs for us. And the power that it takes to push back against the demands and expectations of others is, I think, one of the hardest psychological experiences that entrepreneurs face, to do what we need to do when no one else understands it. And from what I can tell, looking from the outside, that's what Simone had to do to set aside the force of all of those expectations, all of those fans. It's not even malevolent intent. It's people that love her and just want to see her perform. But to be able to push against that and say, you know, it's not good for me right now. My mind and my body feel off and I don't trust those parts of me to take the risks required of me to perform at this level. I got to be honest, I wish more entrepreneurs did that. I wish more entrepreneurs were careful about listening to the cues of their minds and bodies and knew how to put on the brakes when the minds and bodies that they depend on were no longer trustworthy because they were tired or burnt out or in depression or drinking too much or feeling just vulnerable to so much noise and distraction. What if more entrepreneurs said, I'm going to slow down, we're going to grow a little bit differently or said, I need to take a sabbatical or said, Hey, I've grown this business to a point and it's no longer good for me to continue working at this pace. And I'm going to sell or leave, or do something different. Do we as the collective give them space for that? Do we as the collective give people the benefit of the doubt and the respect and the spaciousness to do what they need to do when it's best for them? Or do we play armchair quarterback, twitter commentator, pretend gymnastics coach, and criticize loudly, shake our fists at the air and say, you owed me better than this, when someone decides to do something for themselves rather than for the collective? By every indicator that I know how to measure—suicide rate, hospitalization rate, rates of diagnosis of depression and burnout—the world is really facing an unprecedented mental health crisis. And it's way oversimplified to blame it on social media, but part of that phenomenon is that it's really hard to be human. It's hard to need a break. It's hard to make mistakes. When to some extent, all of that happens in public, I think collectively we're losing a sense of interiority and a sense of privacy. People feel the right to criticize publicly about things that are really private matters. And yes, as an entrepreneur, as an Olympic gymnast, these are people who are choosing to step into the public light. But even as they choose to step in, so do they have the right to choose to step back and to say it's my inner world that needs some tending now. God, I wish we could normalize that. I wish we could give each other more space to cope with crisis and trauma and grief and loss without pundits and criticism and explanations required by the collective. At the end of the day, the only thing that we really have as humans is our own hearts and our own minds, our own body, our own mental health. And if we continue to subjugate the well-being of those parts of us to the demands of the collective, we will continue to risk spiraling out of control. We will continue to live in a mental health crisis. We will continue to miss the invitation to tend the most important part of us, which is our humanness. I'm so proud of Simone Biles and I hope that superstars everywhere, whether athletes, or entrepreneurs, will watch her, we'll learn from her, we'll also find that steady voice inside that says, you know what, you're not quite up for this, let's not take the risk. And I think all of us have a part to play in making that an easier, more acceptable thing for someone to do, and giving a little more space and being a little less critical, and being a little more respectful of things that go on in the inner workings of someone's mind and heart, things that we can't possibly understand. And we spend a little bit more time in tending to our own inner world and a little less time worrying about other people's. We are each of us in our own way, a unique combination of beauty and mess. And it's anybody's guess on any given day, which part of us is gonna win out. So be tender with you. And be tender with those around you, whether you live with them or whether they're your heroes on the internet. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast.